Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bigly and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bigly and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Monday, everybody. What is happening? What a weekend for Valley sports fans. Vinny, check this out. The Suns tanked their way into the playoff matchup they wanted. Wait, two, what? Two ASU guys finished 1-2 at the Masters. And if you wake up this morning and open the newspaper, does anybody remember newspapers? Uh, uh. It's the thing you put in your fireplace, right? <laughs> when you're the, trying to it's build the thing up a fire. you use to wrap fish. <laughs> And line bird cages. Uh, you'll find the Diamondbacks are in first place. And ASU baseball in first place. And somebody told me yesterday, don't sleep on ASU baseball. Wow. Coming off the sweep of Washington uh, State. Yeah. And wow. the biggest story. Mm-hmm. Somebody sounds refreshed this morning. <laughs> Who would that be? You, <laughs> Sarah? Not sure me. as hell isn't me. <laughs> Do you hear this voice right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of. Yeah, thank you. I spent a lot of time watching golf. I, uh, uh, yeah, it was very, very nondescript weekend. Almost a very profitable weekend for me, too, but, as you know. Can you tell the story? Well, uh, yes, I will tell the story, and I'm going to tell it again later. I might tell it five times today. <laughs> because uh, Bick might be clairvoyant. A, a few weeks ago, I had a very, very intense, vivid dream that Phil Mickelson won the Masters. I shared that dream the very next morning on the radio in the context of this could be the worst thing ever, a live golfer winning a major, winning the green jacket. And I thought to myself, okay, look, if the golf gods are trying to tell me something, I've got to put a little money down on this. <laughs> so a $100 bet was placed on Phil Mickelson to win, not because I'm a sports gambler, because I'm not. I'm not. It's the first sports wager gamble I've ever have done. Would have paid $55,000. <laughs> and at one point yesterday, Phil Mickelson was the leader in the clubhouse. No wonder why you were watching a lot of golf this week. Yeah, yeah. I was watching golf in a state of suspended animation. Like, I can't believe this is real. And the weird thoughts that I had, I thought to myself, okay, first of all, this is kind of gross. Here I am in the past ripping Phil Mickelson for having such a gambling problem that he had to go to a live golf tour. And here I am potentially making money off him by gambling. The irony is rich and thick. Thick and gross. Well, the sports gods made sure you didn't have to grapple with that. Exactly. But you so know I've what? been you liberated from all you those from the ethical situation. dilemmas what I you had. need to do, though, be like every other gambler now and tweet Phil Mickelson. Thanks a lot, dude. Phil, you jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> that is amazing. Was unbel- when you first it, told that story about having the dream, I'm like, why not just light your money on fire? <laughs> well, and that's exactly. That's exact. And that's what I thought I was doing. And then for him to make a charge on Saturday, he makes a charge on Saturday and... And, and the networks purposely avoided him. 
You wouldn't. He he was four under on Saturday. He got the six under on Saturday. You didn't see a, a bit of him on television. Oh yeah, people are people are still very angry at Phil Mickelson. I could tell from the coverage this week. Oh yeah, very angry at Phil Mickelson. Did he talk to anybody all weekend? Or was that just a dinner thing? Yeah, that, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, he boy, he walked out. Wow. He he made a cool one point six mil, and he nearly nearly gave me quite a payday. That's wow. unbelievable. Fifty five grand. 50, what a, what a story. Dreams almost you, did come true. Were you mentally spending that fifty five, no. or deciding what you were going to do? No, with it? no. I was I was trying not to get too wrapped up in the weirdness of it all. Okay. Because I said to myself, if this really happened because it was a dream and it was preordained to happen, then it's going to happen. So I'm going to back up out of this and not get all intense and crazy. My friends were blowing up my phone, oh, obviously. Right. They're like, I can't believe this. I'm, like, I'm just turning this off for now. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, dudes. Oh, See you Come later. On, Phil. Come right. Exactly. I don't want to root for you, but I have to. All right. So we got a lot wow. to get into today. Lauren in for Jarrett. Let's start the show, Lauren. Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. You have Suns regular season now over. Wrapped up with a 119-114 loss to the Clippers at Footprint Center. Suns played without Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, Cameron Payne, Bismack Biombo, and TJ Warren. And still gave the Clips all they could handle. In fact, the Suns led most of the way until L.A. opened up some space midway through the fourth quarter. Norman Powell had 29 points to lead the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook each had 25. Saban Lee played 44 minutes for the Suns as an indication of how things went on Sunday. Uh, 25 points in the loss. Suns finished 45-37 and 37 in the four seed. And yesterday, a preview of sorts as they will face the Clippers in the first round of the NBA playoffs in a series that gets underway Sunday at Footprint. Let me just say this. Uh, props to the Suns for doing what they did and drawing the opponent that they did. They they managed the last two weeks of the season like a chess master would have. But this weekend was disgusting from an NBA standpoint. Disgusting. All, all the way around? All the way around. Oh, I totally disgusting. agree with you. Disgusting. What happened in Dallas? Dallas everywhere. The tanking is out of control yeah. in this league. And people who are dumb enough to buy tickets, to, I shouldn't put it on them. The, the league has got an issue. It was just disgusting what went down this week. Yep. In the Western Conference, it'll be the seven-seeded Lakers hosting these eight-seed Minnesota Timberwolves in one play-in game. The winner moves on to face top-seeded Denver in the other play-in. It'll be nine-seed New Orleans against ten-seed Oklahoma City. The winner then moves on to face the loser of the Lakers-T-Wolves game. And the other series that set third-seeded Sacramento making a return to the playoffs to face defending champion Golden State. Over in the East, you've got seven-seeded Miami against eight-seed Atlanta in one play-in. Uh, Toronto and Chicago in the other. Milwaukee and Boston hold the top two spots. In the series that are set in the East, it's third-seeded Philadelphia facing sixth-seeded Brooklyn and number four Cleveland battling the fifth-seeded Knicks. The E-backs scored runs in each of their first five innings yesterday en route to an 11-6 win over the Dodgers at Chase Field. Pavin Smith and Corbin Carroll started the fun in the first with RBI doubles. Arizona would add one in the second, three each in the third and fourth, and two more in the fifth. Not only a Sunday win, 
The Diamondbacks took three of four from the Dodgers over the weekend, are off to a six and four start during a very tough 10 game start. Ryan Nelson went six innings and allowed just three runs for his first win of the year. No rest. Brewers in town today for a three game series at Chase Field. Zach Gallen on the hill against former uh, D backs lefty Wade Miley. 6.40 first pitch, 6 o'clock pregame on uh, Arizona Sports App and 98.7. The uh, series with the Dodgers was not without its bumps. Starter Zach Davies suffered a left oblique strain on Saturday, placed on the injured list on Sunday. So who gets the uh, bump up? Dre Jamison moved into the rotation. Jamison, the uh, rookie right-hander, made the club out of spring training, has pitched eight and two-thirds innings and three relief appearances. And he was electric in four starts late last year. 3-0 and with a 148 ERA and 24 strikeouts. Yeah, so listen, um, this is very exciting. They have, they have sort of now announced themselves to Major League Baseball that, hey, you might want to look at us. Because mm-hmm. the offense is cooking, and, and for them to, to do what they did Saturday and then to pound the Dodgers out of the gate yesterday, yeah. that's an impact statement. That was, uh, yeah, very big statement. John Rom bounced back from a rough third round, fired a 3-under 69 on Sunday to overtake Brooks Kepka and win his first green jacket at the Masters in Augusta. It was a very Sun Devil leaderboard. Phil Mickelson charging from behind with a final round 65 to finish tied for second with Kepka at 8-under par. Overall, not a bad tournament for the live contingent as Mickelson, Kepka, and Patrick Reed all finished in the top six. It's Rom's second major. He also won the 2021 U.S. Open. Yeah, it was sort of a, a hit and miss. The, the live golfers accounted themselves very, very well, but Brooks Kepka faded in a final round, which he's never done before. Mm-hmm. And people are going, is that a product of playing 54 holes? So very weird, very interesting, very compelling Masters at the end. All yeah. sorts of weather issues, trees, collapsing trees. Down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the NFL, Odell Beckham Jr. finally has a new home. He's signing with the Baltimore Ravens one year, $15 million after missing all of last year, recovering from a torn ACL that he suffered in the Rams Super Bowl win over Cincinnati. Coyotes in action tonight at Mullet Arena as the final week of the NHL season gets started. The Yotes host the Seattle Kraken, who just beat them twice in Seattle last week. Tonight's game faces off at 7. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. And the Boston Bruins beat the Philadelphia Flyers 5-3 on Sunday for their 63rd win of the season, breaking the NHL single-season record for wins. And they still have two more regular season games left, Tuesday against Washington and Thursday at Montreal. They've kind of set themselves up. Anything less than a Stanley Cup is going to be that's, very that's disappointing. That's the danger of having regular seasons like this. Yes. Go ask the Seattle Mariners with Ichiro. Yes. Yep. Go ask the Golden State Warriors. Yep. There you go. Or exactly. to a lesser extent, last year's Phoenix Suns. Oops. Ouch. There you go. There is your splash for Monday, April 10th. Coming up next, Sun season is done. The playoffs are here. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. That was how we play. I mean, we played decent defense. Um, the, the second half, you know, it got away from us in the fourth, but some of that was just, you know, size and got a bit loose in transition. But you can see they got progressively better over the course of the game as far as scoring the ball. But I thought our guys played hard all night long. And, you know, you learn a lot in games like that. And 
That's Monty Williams, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, after a 119-114 loss to the L.A. Clippers. The uh, Suns end their regular season with two consecutive losses to the L.A. teams and two games, Bick, where they didn't really play most of their uh, their core no. or any of their core. And that game honestly. was so bizarre to watch because Yesterday? the Clippers, yeah, oh, oh yeah, because <laughs> the Clippers, because the Clippers knew they were on tenuous ground going into the game, but midway through it, when or maybe more than midway, when the Timberwolves won their game, they were pretty much safe. Mm-hmm. And it's they, I watched a basketball game yesterday. Nobody really wanted to win. That's what it looked like to me. Monty Williams did not make a substitution in the fourth quarter of that basketball game. I'm not complaining. They got what they wanted out of this. But I watched a basketball game. I couldn't believe what I was watching. That didn't even dawn on me. <laughs> there really? was no sub- he didn't make a substitution in the fourth quarter. <laughs> There was, well, Ish Wainwright played a minute 16, and but got, every, everybody right. else, and, and he got hit in the ribs and, and right. left. Wow. Exactly. I didn't even realize yeah, that. Yeah. It the, was a strange oh, day. All but, the way but again, around. but again, it's, it's, I'm, I'm weirding out because I, I hate what the league looked like this whole weekend to me. It was a, the whole it, thing oh. was a, a fraud. It was right? bad. It was bad. bad. But the Suns, props to them. They drew the matchup I think we all wanted. They kicked Golden State to the other side of the bracket. And as much as I want to see this Warriors-Suns, part of me wanted that in the first round just for the drama of it. Uh-huh. But I'm like, you know what? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Hopefully. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, it was a strange, strange energy in the whole building. Because yeah. you're right. I mean, the stage was set. I think most people wanted to avoid the Warriors in the first round. The Clippers win that game, and then the Clippers come out as flat as can be, and you're like, are they even trying? Yeah. Do they want to go into the play-in tournament? Right. I, I didn't right. understand I, right. what, what they were doing uh-huh. either. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, then you have a ten-minute delay because a speaker comes loose. <laughs> Just all kinds of weird. Oh my day. goodness! Yeah, it was very, very Saban weird. Saban Lee plays yeah, forty-four Sa- minutes. Right. Saban twenty-five point. Saban Lee, who played thirty-five minutes in the span of two months. <laughs> in two months, he played thirty-five minutes. Look at his numbers yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It, it, it resembled the last game of a preseason to me when some rando is like getting forty-five carries <laughs> before he gets cut. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, William Powell. Remember William Powell? I, yes, I do remember. <laughs> Ran him into the ground. So, uh, so this is good. So now uh, the fun begins. The Suns get to get a week of practice. They're going to be fully healthy. Knock on for Micah that nothing happens to them in the upcoming week. But uh-huh. this, uh, this is, this is. I think they got everything they wanted out of a season that was very, very weird and ragged and stressful at times. And maybe that, maybe those stress points will help this team. Maybe they've got a difference maker in KD that they're still unbeaten when he plays. Let's not forget that. That is true. So, yeah, so it's going to be fun. And I think they drew a very manageable opponent. Now, uh, uh, there's people who wonder, is Paul George going to do a Willis Reed Hercules thing? He's back to exercising. I doubt it. Does that happen anymore in the NBA? No, Uh, no. From what I know of those Clippers, I doubt that. That, That's not happening. Yeah, I mean, it it would be odd for them to go at this point. And yes, we're still six days away from the first game of the series. I think it would be uh, very odd for the Clippers to go from, we don't have a timetable for his return to, oh, he's playing in the playoffs and everything's fine. Uh, Monty Williams, after the game, did talk about the health of his own roster. Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you can go into the playoffs with a level of health that's close to 100%, you're, you know, you feel good about that. We, everybody, 
this time of the year is banged up. But we feel like we we saw enough of our group together and we had to prioritize health and being fresh, especially when you have a week off. You know, there's I've said it since I've been here um, and we've been in the playoffs. I'm not quite sure anyone can hang on to the level of conditioning that you have in game if you take a week off. Uh, you don't lose it all, but you certainly can't keep it all. Um, and so we're going to, as most teams, if you looked around the league today, a number of teams sat guys today to err on the side of caution. And that's what we did as well. Yeah, they did. And even going back to the Friday night game in L.A. against the Lakers, you're like, oh, here comes the bad luck because Bismack Biombo got banged up and it looked bad when he mm-hmm. left the court. Cameron Payne got banged up. Apparently they got good news on both of those guys. Neither one of them played. But, yep. you know, you want everybody on board to start a series against the Clippers who, you know, they've got their faults, they've got their flaws. But it's a deep team. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of talented players on that team. I thought what Norman Powell did yesterday in that game, he kind of took over. He, they don't win that game without Norman Powell. He was just bullying his way to the basket yeah. and doing what he wanted to. But you know, that, that's immaterial. I'm not saying they're not a dangerous team. I mean, yeah, they're they're dangerous. But I, I sure like the Suns' chances a lot. A lot a lot better than I would have in a first round series against the Warriors. And we all watched the Warriors. Warriors dropped 55 points in the just, first quarter of a game yesterday. Ridiculous. I mean, they're playing a, a, a semi-pro team right. in Portland. And, and there was a lot of that going on. Yeah. And, and again, that's what I'm saying. The NBA just looked ridiculous this weekend from Jason Kidd having to deal with these questions about what, why are you not trying to make the playoffs? Yeah, when it was right there for you. Yeah, yeah, because they're and, trying to protect a draft pick they have. And that's, that's a real ethical line that you're straddling. You know what you do if you're the NBA? Eliminate protected draft picks. Yeah, there you could do that. <laughs> you could do that. So, so you know what? It, the 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 Suns the last couple of weeks of the season they did it, it perfectly. One good move at winning those games they had to in varying different ways, but giving themselves the leeway to kind of write their own ending. Yeah, and I thought with the last soundbite that I played from Monty Williams was interesting. We feel like we've seen enough of our group together, right? And there's some people that might say, "Really, eight games is enough." Yeah. I mean, you got eight against, wins out of it. Against real iffy competition when you look at it. Yeah, it gets ramped up big time oh, yeah. on Sunday. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll get more into this game as the show goes on and this matchup between the Clippers. And I saw, I thought some of the, the reactions, the behavior, and the quotes coming out of the Clippers locker room after the game were a little strange, too, going into a playoff series. But we shall see. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. While the Suns were losing to a couple of teams from L.A. over the weekend... The D-backs weren't. They made mincemeat of the Dodgers. We'll get into it with D-backs Daily next. Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. D-backs Daily. Brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. The first step to help is three numbers away. Call, text, or chat 988 to access the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. D-backs going for a series win in their second four-game set against the Dodgers. Former D-back David Peralta put the Dodgers on the board first in the top of the first with an RBI double that scored Mookie Betts. But that uh, lead did not last long thanks to Paven Smith. Yeah, the hitter is Paven Smith, who's back up with the big club. And he hits one fair down the left field line. This game is tied. Rojas can walk home. Paven Smith around first. He's digging for second. Peralta's throw will be late. That's a double for Smith. And we're tied at one. Here come the Diamondbacks right back against L.A. Later in the bottom of the first, Corbin Carroll doing some work. 
ball, no strikes on him. Swing, a base hit center field. Here comes Smith around third. Up with it is Altman. His throw to the plate is offline. And Smith scores. And now down to second safely is Carroll. Up, they said he came off the bag and was tagged out. It'll go as an RBI single for Carroll. The Diamondbacks have taken a 2-1 lead. 2-1 there. 3-1 it would become in the second inning. Jose Herrera single to left scoring uh, Jake McCarthy. Uh, the Dodgers would answer with a couple in the third to tie it up at three. And then it was all Diamondbacks from that point. Uh, you got uh, Alec Thomas getting into the act in the third inning, breaking the 3-3 tie. There's no outs right now to get. Ground ball right field. Base hit. Rounding third is Walker. Here comes Bench firing to the plate. It's offline. On to third base goes the base runner McCarthy. RBI single Thomas. And the Diamondbacks get the lead right back 4-3. to three. And do they answer? Nick Ahmed after now that. Now here by Ahmed. Gets a couple in, most likely. And a shot to left. That ball is going to get down a base hit. In is McCarthy. In is Thomas. Two RBI single Ahmed. A three-run third inning. And the Diamondbacks on top 6-3. to three. Yeah, the offense just did not stop all day long, and it led to this. Right, runner in scoring position, Thompson. To the count on Peralta. Two and one. Solomon to the plate. And a ground ball to first should end it. Walker's got it. He'll race to the bag in time for the out. And the Diamondbacks have won three out of four over Los Angeles. They win the ball of the game to this afternoon by a score of 11-6. to six, Improving their record to 6-4 and four with the Dodgers. Fall to 5-5. Five and five. Yeah, all five Dodgers losses this yeah. year to the Diamondbacks. Uh, D-backs 11-6. to Greg Schulte on the calls there on the Diamondbacks radio network. And what you see they did in the last three games. And I had been talking, you know, you were, you were gone at the end of last week and talking with Tim Ring. And I think even before you were gone. I like the way the Diamondbacks were playing, but the offense needed to pick up. And what it did was pick up in a big way Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 43 hits mm-hmm. over those three games. They hit 384 as a team. They mixed in a little long ball, but a lot of small ball. And they seem to have their mojo working right now, Vic. Yeah, they've got an energy to them. They're a very dangerous team that can apply a lot of pressure on opposing pitchers. That, that to me, was really the story of the last two games. And, and, and some of the quotes coming out after the game from Diamondbacks players talking about how the Dodgers looked defeated, how the Dodgers looked desperate, how the Dodgers couldn't get their arms around that yep. series. Josh Rojas on that very subject after the game. It feels really good. Um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, we were putting the pressure on. I felt like it was like the first time I've ever played the Dodgers where it felt like, you know, they they, they could feel the pressure um, and there's nothing really they could do about it. I mean, it wasn't like we were, you know, smacking the ball over the place, just finding holes, not striking out, putting the ball in play, and, and then we got on base, just putting the pressure on. And they are a team right now that is thriving on that chaos that they can create on the base pass with all the speed that they have, Bick. Leading the major leagues in stolen bases right now. Mm-hmm. Through their first 10 games of the season, they yeah. have twice as many stolen bases as they have home runs. That's the way this team is built, and they're following that blueprint well, right now. Yeah, and there was a lot of lamenting. I know that uh, in uh, sitting down with Derek Hall, Tori Lavello, there was worry that, okay, all of this good stuff we have coming, it might be difficult with these first 10 games, and what are we going to look like coming out of this? Well, they look pretty good to me. Sitting a 6-4 and four after 10 games against the Dodgers and the Padres. As I said earlier, this weekend, these last two games now were sort of... Uh, 
uh, a memo to the rest of Major League Baseball that the Diamondbacks, they, that the time might be now for them. Mm-hmm. And maybe not, but the time might be now for them. And that's why this, 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 these opening 10 games it, were also an opportunity for this baseball team. It was not just a difficult, arduous obstacle. It was also an opportunity for them. Uh, I saw the stat that for the span of three years, from 2020 through 10, 2022, Diamondbacks won 10 of 48 games from the Dodgers. 10 of 48 Ugh. games, right? They had one series win in those three years. And that's- so that's that's the backdrop of what this thing has been. Now, uh, I, how were the crowd figures? I, I didn't see. I know. I know. Opening night, it was like, oh wow, people in the stadium. This is such a nice, refreshing change. I know. On Friday night, there were there were more Diamondbacks fans than yep. people remembered. Uh, so you had uh, thirty thousand, uh, forty eight thousand on opening night, thirty thousand mm-hmm. on Friday, mm-hmm. twenty six eight on Saturday, and down to eighteen five yesterday. Okay. Which right. is not indicative Easter of, a, Sunday. of a Dodgers series no, normally. No. But um yeah, Easter Sunday certainly a factor in that. Certainly. Yeah. So um so this this is what I'm gonna be interested in now. Okay, so the Brewers are coming to town today. Um it w- when will this baseball team spark and capture people's imaginations? Has it happened already? Because like you said, they've got a certain they got an identity. They'll run you to death. It's they're death by paper cuts. Yeah. 17 stolen bases in 10 games. Uh, Tori Lavello, the manager of the Diamondbacks, talked about an early statement from his team. Yeah, on these Sunday day games, um, last game of the series, you really try and come out and make statements early uh, that that ensures that, that you're ready to play a baseball game. I thought we did a really good job of that. Um, despite falling, falling behind one nothing, we came out, we played engaged baseball. We had so many quality at-bats. We had hustle plays, stolen bases, good defensive plays. Um, uh, Nelly gives us a quality start. I just thought it was it was a, it was a really good win for us today. And uh, Tori also talked about the feeling inside the dugout during the uh, series finale. I, I, had, I had a feeling inside of the dugout that we were we were just you know we were pacing ourselves. We were, we were emptying the tank on every play, every at bat, every situation that we possibly can. And to me, that made a big statement. Look, this is a great early start to answer your question, and this is just my viewpoint. What I say doesn't make it fact. Have they captured the imagination of of Arizona baseball fans yet? No. It's usually a pretty slow process with yeah. the Diamondbacks, mm-hmm. especially when you have the Suns just about to that. enter yep. in, into the into the postseason. You keep this up after Memorial Day, getting into June and the really hot temperatures, then we're going to have something. And you know my thoughts on this. This is this is the the key to unlocking a bigger, better sports market. Can can we please, you know? Hand the baton from one successful team to another and have concurrent success happening. That would be cool. Would that be cool? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, some of the bats that have been struggling. Alec Thomas had been struggling mm-hmm. offensively. He got it going over the weekend. It, you know, and and I said it in the splash too. It's not without you know rough patches because they've already had to to alter their their starting rotation. Zach Davies goes on the injured list, but when you plug in somebody as exciting and as electric 
as Dre Jameson into that fifth starter spot or that that empty starter spot. Right. It doesn't feel like years past where, okay, you had an early injury in your rotation and you're plugging in just somebody Mm -hmm. to take the ball every fifth day. That's right. They've got all these hungry young guys that want to take over. So I'm real curious to see what Jameson looks like in the rotation. Exactly. Exactly. So, So I think they've gotten exactly the start you would hope for. I think that, you know, going into the weekend, Torrey Lavello gave his offense a, a vote of confidence because they were struggling and the numbers were not good. And and the and the breakout came um, basically almost on demand, and so it's it's good for them to be here at six and four after ten games. That's a very early a very early milepost for this yes. baseball team, but but it's been it's been reached. They have served notice that okay, we're ready for this. Yeah, and if you would have asked me per, to project the record through the first three series of this of the year. Mm-hmm. I would not have projected six and four, no, and that's not a no. knock on the Diamondbacks. That's more of a tip of the cap to the quality of the teams that they were playing. Yeah, and, and I think people would have easily, eagerly signed up for five hundred. You got better than that. You Absolutely, got, uh, three and and taken three or four. And again, it's just if you just distill it down to the last two games, the Saturday Sunday display by the Diamondbacks, that was a veritable veritable offensive explosion. These are the kind of numbers that you, that you see in Major League Baseball from home run hitting teams: yeah. twenty three runs, thirty three hits. On Saturday and Sunday. And Saturday and Sunday combined for just two home runs. Yeah. And they were both on Saturday. Yeah. So they're so. doing it in a different way. And yeah. so so maybe maybe this team is perfectly built for these rules changes. We're, we're, we're going to find out. D-backs and uh, Brewers start that series tonight. Gallon against Miley. 641st pitch out of Chase. 6 o'clock pregame on the Arizona Sports app. And 98.7. Coming up next. Yeah, we had some weirdness with the Sun. Certainly some weirdness. D-backs and Dodgers. Why not uh, weirdness? On the golf course as well. We'll get into the Masters straight ahead. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. It is the Monday edition of Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports. Dan Bickley back in the saddle. Vince Murata, Sarah Cazell, Lauren Koval in for uh, Jared Carlin, who will be back later this week. We think, yeah. <laughs> do you ever really know? We never you, really, you never know. really do. You do, you do know what he's doing, right? I do. Yeah, he's making a Disney trip. Did you know that? I found out after the show on Friday. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> when he told you he'd be out next week, I just, I when I heard him say that, I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. You're going to act as Goofy for three days, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you envious, Dan Bickley? Yeah. <laughs> No, it, it's for me the Disney thing was magic because when I had kids who were there, you know what I mean. So it's yes. not like it's not like I'm a Disney dork. Oh, you know I thought I mean? you were a Disney no, dork. No, no, he was no. a Disney dad dork. I was a Disney dad dork. He That's, was a um, dork and a Disney dad. He was a, Got he was it. a yeah. dork on behalf of his children. Oh no, oh I was the biz- I was the biggest Disney dad dork there was because I was that guy who my daughter would be in a stroller and if and if Sleeping Beauty was a hundred yards from me, nobody nobody was. Beating me to Sleeping Beauty, uh-huh. and I took out a lot of people's ankles with that stroller. <laughs> acting, like sweeping acting like a complete, yeah, acting like a complete jackass. That would have been me. Yeah, got Disney it. Dad dork. That would have been me. I have completely misunderstood you. I yeah. thought you were totally one of those Disney adults. No, 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 no. Okay. And I'm, I'm kind of actually frightened you thought that of me, but that's okay. Well, I mean, I- 
That's you right. said you went there for like 10 straight days or I something. Did. Yeah. So that's with, that was impressive, borderline mm-hmm. psychotic. That was, yeah. <laughs> okay. I still have the scar tissue it's with clear. it. Uh, the Masters is over, Beck. And we got ASU guys at the top of the scoreboard. So what did people take away from this Masters? Well, it was very veered. Let's start with that. Yes. Start with so uh, th- there. There was a weather pattern that really influenced um, the leaderboard. The guys who went out late on Friday, early. I'm sorry, late Thursday, early Saturday had it much easier than the other combination in terms of the weather and how the weather broke. Mm-hmm. So and and so. Um, if you if you wanted to focus on Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods had to withdraw uh, on a, from a tournament that had a lot of smart golf people going. This is not going to get better for him. That by the end of this year, we might see Tiger tapping out completely. Yeah, to see him hobbling around the course mm-hmm. was painful to watch. I'm sure it was painful for him to even just take steps, but it he looked oh. Yes. It looked like he was in so much pain now, on the foot. Yeah, and the thing about Augusta, there's two things about it. If, if you've never been, I would highly recommend going if you can get down there. Uh, it is greener than it looks on television, and it is hillier. That it's, it's not even close what you see on TV compared to what So it's a hard walk is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. But Tiger did not look good, what happened to him. And so you just wonder how, how much more of this is he going to put up with. You know what I mean? He doesn't, this is not, this is not for him. You know, mm-hmm. plus three, not competing, not contending, getting lapped by Phil. He, that's going to get old real quick, right? Then there's the live golfers. So the weirdness that defined live and, and, and how, and how disruptive they have been to the PGA tour. Like I said, Phil Mickelson had himself quite a tournament and he was, he got up on the leaderboard. At one point he was six under par in the second round, trying to finish up the third round. Um, from, and there was no TV presence for Phil Mickelson at all. And I thought to myself, ooh, this is interesting. This is a guy who is generally very good for business, but this is a guy who not only really opened the floodgates for Liv. His, he was the first big guy to jump, you're exactly. right. And, and he was the guy that validated everybody else going. But by him doing it, he also cost the PGA Tour a lot of money because they've had to make a lot of concessions to players. Um, so so what I think is interesting is I think Phil's reputation among players might be a little better because he's brought positive change and money to them. But his spot in the game, it's not good. Not good Not at all. Good. Not good. And, and then you've got the trees that fell. It was the most unbelievable thing anybody's ever seen. These gigantic was dogwood trees. I think they were. Yeah. Was that? I, I mean, forgive my ignorance because I did see the footage of the trees, and you're, you're, I mean, it's a visceral reaction. You're like, wow, thank God nobody was there because there was there was people in that general vicinity. Mm-hmm. That's taken somebody out if if you're unlucky enough to be underneath it. And but was that from lightning? Was that just from the, the, I, the weather? I, I don't know. It had to have been the weather. I don't think it was lightning, but I think it was the weather. And it's and it was part of the reason why I think they called that tournament because they had, they had to figure out, okay, what exactly happened here? Could you imagine if that was, like, say, uh, as crowded as the WM Phoenix Open? No. The, the people wouldn't have been able to get out of the way. No. Yeah. And if you were on your phone, not paying attention. See, you can't do that at Augusta. Good point. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and that's weird, too, because when you're at Augusta, there are so many trees 
that a lot of the course workers, the marshals, they all they all wear construction helmets because there's so many trees and the fairways are narrow. A lot of balls come up around you. Mm-hmm. So you hear a lot of stuff happening. When those trees started cracking, you could see people looking up going, oh, snap. I, I better run. <laughs> right? And then at the top of right. the leaderboard, John Rahm. First yeah. green jacket, second major Stud. championship. Stud. Uh, and there's people that believe that uh, this is just the beginning for John Rahm, uh, including the, among those people, James Colgan, writer for uh, Golf Magazine and Golf.com. Well, if you talk to anyone in professional golf, and I mean anyone in professional golf, live, PGA Tour, USGA, RNA, anyone, and you bring up John Rahm's name, the first thing they'll tell you is it is only a matter of time until he takes over the world of professional golf. Uh, his ability is just unmatched in the, in, the, in the game right now. There are a lot of super talented players right at the very top of the heap, but John's ability to just take over a golf course and truly dominate, I kind of liken him to a heavyweight fighter. He just has this ability to go toe-to-toe with anyone. He can get into a slugfest. He can get into you know a stripe show he can do really anything that comes that comes his way and turn up play he can handle yeah and the way it was shaping up friday mm-hmm. and and the way it sh- sh- shaped up early on thursday with john rom four putting on the first <laughs> right. of the tournament yeah. and then bouncing back from that after a double uh, that's got to be somewhat unprecedented in the history of the well, Masters. Well, listen, it's a special kind of torment for me because every time John Rahm wins a golf tournament, Doug Tamaro, the fine SID at ASU, sends me a text or a tweet reminding me that at one point in time he had arranged a round of golf with me and John Rahm when John was in college. Mm-hmm. And I either flaked or something happened and I couldn't do it. <laughs> right. And every single time that man does something, I hear about it. Yeah, Doug is not really the type to let something. Oh go no, on. no. <laughs> but I say that with love. I yeah, do. with oh, with nothing but love. Yeah. And so, but to me, this this whole live golfer Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, and Patrick Reed being among the like is it was the top six? You said three of the top six. Three of the top six. Yeah. In a tournament where Rory McIlroy missed the cut, where Scotty Scheffler woeful. didn't contend, yeah. where Jordan Spieth only got hot late. Yeah, if not for John Rahm yesterday. Could have felt a lot different. Could have been a real bad deal for the world of golf. John Rahm saved the PGA Tour yesterday. So there, I mean, we were expecting some heat going in. There was certainly some heat. But are you getting the feeling too? And I'm, I'm basing this on Harold Varner's comments. Mm-hmm. He's been very outspoken on why he jumped to live golf, and he's, he's been, been very open and honest about it. And he basically said, "I don't care what anybody else says. It's about the blanking money. Of course, it is." They're not about growing the game. Yes. It's a joke. And that's exactly what he yeah. said, too. You're not growing the game. No. No, it's not. They're not trying to make money. Do you it's think just... that is the mindset that's creeping into a lot of the live golf guys now? I'm actually surprised they did as well as they did. Because so they're not I. exactly playing yeah. a competitive brand but, of golf on that tour. But I think what, yeah, what it, it, no, they're not. So what What it was to me, Patrick Reed, Phil Mickelson, they drew on, they're, they're both past champions. They drew on their knowledge and history there. Uh-huh. Brooks Kepka is just happens to be in a real good place. He kind of buckled from the pressure of it all. So props to John Rahm because John Rahm put a planted a flag for the PGA Tour. Had he not done that yesterday, this could have been one of those days when when it would have been just the Greg Norman Redemption Tour, Oof. and nobody wants to see that. And he wasn't even there, was he? No, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think he let him in. Pond would be good for you. You got a pool in a pond. 
pod would be You're over there on Briar, right? Yeah, over on Briar. God, we amuse ourselves with that so much, don't we? I got my Caddyshack t-shirt I have that same shirt. I know you do. Coming up next, the Suns wrap up the regular season against the Clippers, a team they will see again starting next Sunday. I'll give you Vinny's view of it straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.